Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I am to ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning for life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So today's podcast is a little bit different. It's an interview with a very special friend of mine, Kevin Pilgrim. Kevin and I were together recently. This is another podcast that I did with outside audio. So the quality of it's going to be a little bit different again. I did one uh, last week with another friend of mine. This is a little bit better than that in terms of audio, but the main thing is what Kevin has to say. The whole point of this is because the Soul Unleashed podcast is not about trying to convince you of a specific way to think about your life or the awakening of your soul, but to provide you with options. And the kind of people that I address or think about with my podcast are are me, like I was five years ago. A very definite, uh, very organized, very pragmatic. And I, I want to evaluate things. I don't want to be told what to think anymore. I'd followed rules for most of my life, and so I wanted to evaluate other options. And so I have, this is my 80th something podcast, and throughout many of those I've talked about what I believe. This podcast, the interview, and the last one I did are both with very strong, uh, very, with men who are very strong Christians. And in the interest of providing you with other options, I want you to hear what they had to say. Uh, both of these men are wonderful men, wonderful examples Kevin, in particular, I've, I've known, and uh, he was my he was my roommate for a number of years at the military academy. So I, I know him very well. I knew him when, just like he knew he knows me. He knew me when I was a knucklehead back uh, eighteen years old. So please listen to what Kevin has to say. He is much more versed in the Bible than I am. I'm a Catholic, and one of the knocks on Catholics are that we don't know the Bible that well. And at least for me and the folks I know. That's true. You'll hear Kevin describe how familiar he is with the Bible. He doesn't brag about it. He just mentions it because that's the way it is. And I've always known him to be this way. But I do ask him some questions, which I've asked other people of different faiths whom I've interviewed, ask them questions that are very important to me, and you'll hear Kevin's explanation about what he believes. In the interest of fairness, I also want to stress that neither Al in the previous interview nor Kevin in this interview were prepared in advance for talking about these subjects. So for any of you that might be compelled to be critical of the answers that they give or that they're not deep enough or that they're off theologically or something, just please remember that this was just two friends sitting down talking to them. They had no idea what I was going to talk about or what I was going to ask them about. And so they had no time to prepare or read the Bible or make notes or anything. So everything you hear is off the top of their head, which and I think they did, both of them did an admirable, admirable job in discussing this, these subjects. These are things I think about all the time. And I think about I think about them before I even went into this interview and how I was going to ask these questions and what they were. So just please remember that. These this is an off the cuff interview, off the cuff responses. And uh, again, I'm I'm really happy and proud of the job they did in answering the questions as they did. So please listen. This is uh, relatively short. The actual interview itself is only about 25 minutes, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. Thank you. So I'd like to welcome everybody 
to the Soul Unleashed podcast. Tonight I have a very special guest, one of my best friends, someone who's known me for a long time since we were both 18 years old at West Point. And the very first day that we were there, July 2nd of 1973, into the room bursts Kevin Pilgrim from South Carolina. And we became friends that first day and have been so for about 50 years now. But Kevin is, I'll let Kevin explain how he was raised and how he came to know the, the Bible as well as he does. But as part of this podcast, what I do is talk about the nature of reality, the nature of spirituality, religion, Christianity, my belief as a Catholic, and Kevin is one of the best, strongest Christian men that I know. And so I just want to take the time to ask him a few questions. I apologize for the background noise. We're doing this outside. and uh, But I had the opportunity to see Kevin this weekend and just want to, to spend some time with him. So, Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself, please, and just tell tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you were how you grew up in the, in the church. Yes, uh, Mike and I have been good friends for a long time. I am from a rural community in upstate South Carolina, uh, born into a Protestant Baptist uh, community. Uh, went to church when the doors were opened in a small country church in the, called Praters Creek Baptist. My journey has uh, probably uh, three big markers as the Christian walk does. Is one is... Uh, Believing what God said and professing my faith to follow Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. When I was uh, in the uh, second grade, uh, then uh, that faith being tested, my mother died when I was 13. My father raised my brother and sister. And uh, the obvious questions is, why, Lord, or did you take my mother uh, fortunate enough to uh, serve my country in the military, uh, married a very godly woman, went to uh, Desert Storm, uh, was type A, uh, wanted to be a general, uh, merit uh, was the thing. Uh, during Desert Storm, uh, is Abraham looking up at the stars in the Middle East? Uh, God spoke to me very clearly that my first priority should be loving my wife uh, now over 45 years and uh, raising my daughters uh, uh, to follow Christ. Uh, he changed sort of my focus in my life. Uh, uh, the thing I take away from that is uh, God's Word and uh, our souls are what God made to last for eternity. And so... Uh, I'm, uh, along with my wife, and she gets most of the credit, our five daughters uh, walk with the Lord, are believing uh, Christians, and uh, uh, my testimony is, is, I think the one thing I try to do as a father was encourage them to seek out the hard answers, all answers, uh, through God's Holy Scripture, so uh, to be a good leader, you have to set a good example. So uh, I have read the scriptures uh, probably over uh, uh, 45 times. Uh, 
uh, from cover to cover. Uh, I can't quote it like my wife and uh, daughters do, but uh, I, I, I know the truths in it. Uh, and uh, I look forward to explaining what I can with my good friend, Mike. Thanks, Kev. So what I wanted to talk about, we could probably talk for hours, but on this specific topic tonight, please, is what I want to ask you is about the concept, the theological concept of eschatology, which is what happens when we die and what that process means for our soul or what happens to our souls when we die, what judgment looks like and where we are, where our souls are during that period. And then the concept of judgment and punishment or judgment and heaven. So can you just tell me what your concept is of that that process? I'll hearken to how our Lord and Savior referred to death as uh, sleep. So I think immediately upon our death, uh, uh, we are in eternal sleep until uh, God judges uh, us on both what we do, but mainly uh, whether we professed and uh, we're like Abraham and all the other great examples in Scripture that our faith was in our, our Lord. So, death is sleep to a Christian. We will be awakened uh, for our judgment. The scripture says that everything we've done will be uh, before us. And uh, God is perfect. He makes, you cannot have imperfection in his presence, in, in his heaven, if you will. Uh, so Christ is our substitutionary example. We'll say, Kevin Pilgrim is mine, uh, and I paid for his sins on the cross. His blood uh, in the sacrificial system, which was modeled through the Jewish system and through Christ's death and atonement, uh, that covers his sin. So God in his perfection will not see all the sins that I have committed, are committing, and probably will commit. Uh, it's it's called grace in the Christian. Uh, so I embrace that fully. It's very freeing. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul says we're to crucify our sinful nature. I think not crucifying it as some would say our bodies, but to, to know that our, our evil is uh, not counted as evil because of Christ's uh, dying for our sins it's a trite thing but to, it may sound trite in this world we live in but it is probably the most important theological concept in my life so if I can just interrupt you a second so when we when we die if I understand what you just said we are asleep our souls don't what happens are we conscious or what happens to our consciousness when we die or does we don't have any consciousness until? Is it the end times or final judgment or what? How long are we asleep? Well, in the scriptures, Jesus uh, in the they call it transfiguration 
three men were present with Christ. And the apostles recognized that, the ones that were present to see that. So obviously they were awake, they were with Jesus. Uh, so uh, I do not know, nor is it the main test question to me, is what happens in that time from when we die till God in his perfection judges us and we are then uh, in eternal state of uh, peace with our Christ and, uh, so in, in heaven. So what happens when, when judgment happens? Well, it says that there will be a, a hell. That's the, the term. Uh, there are different terms for it, and that's where my theology, but it is a place separated. The lake of fire is what speaks to me in the scripture. It is a place of eternal torment uh, for not uh, for rejecting Christ's grace, for his free gift of salvation. So in that state, you will know that you are outside of Christ. You're at a state of non-peace. Uh, in a recent reading of the scripture, uh, uh, Romans 10, it, Paul, St. Paul, it introduces this concept of shame. And uh, as I cross-reference in Scripture, in some sense, eternal shame is uh, hell. Because you will have to be cognizant, I think, your mind or spirit knowing that God in His grace gave you opportunity. You didn't take it to accept His free gift of salvation. So you are suffering eternally, which is... Sounds harsh to our ears, but uh, uh, God in His perfection. Uh, so, do you suffer eternally, the, the way you understand it? Do you suffer eternally because of acts that you've committed, or you suffer eternally because of something you didn't do, which is accept Jesus Christ? Well, accept. Put your faith in Christ. Yes. So you will. Suffer eternally. If you have not put your faith in Christ, accepted his free gift of salvation, uh, yes. So, so if you've accepted his, if you've accepted Christ, yes. And I know there's different ways that people say they've yes. done that. You can still do wrong or do bad things, but not be judged to hell. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that is, uh, in some ways, not logical to our logic. But Christ's logic, God's perfection, is the, yes, you are covered and you are eternally with Christ. So. Obviously, you believe in the concept of the soul being eternal. Yes. And I think I know the answer to this question, but what is your thought about the concept of 
reincarnation or returning to this earth in a different body as, a, as the same soul. That is not taught in scripture, so to me that's a little bit silliness. Okay. So, um, because a soul is eternal, so God creates an eternal soul when we become a human. Now, what happens to the children that killed by abortion? You know, that die young. Okay, the the church doctrine in the scriptures, as I understand them, is God is merciful. A one-year-old that that passes. You know, that's like my brother who died with my mother, Timothy Carl Pilgrim. You know, he he will be in Christ's presence. He, and the church uses this term, it's not in Scripture, the age of accountability. You can see in your early children that they are sinful by nature. We are, you know. So there's a, you got to be old enough to realize that you are sending for for God's free gift to be accepted. What about all the people that don't accept Jesus Christ because they're not Christian? Like right. Jews or Muslims or Hindu or Buddhists or what happens to them? They spend eternity in hell. Even if they haven't been given the opportunity to receive Christ or Well the scripture teaches that God reveals himself through nature, through other means other than scripture. And every person in the Christian doctrine, as I understand, is given an opportunity to accept the truth, the true God during their life. Okay, and I've heard the theological argument, well, how can the person that's never been exposed to the gospel, you know, be eternally damned in hell. I will let you interview a real theologian. But our ways are not God's ways. And so... Well, you, you if anybody knows, I'm not a theologian. Yeah. So, and so neither I am I. I. So I don't know what the theological, theological arguments are, but it just makes me wonder, what about all the people that billions and billions of people that lived and died before Christ? Well, that is a very hard question. Uh, but Abraham, the father of the faith, at least in Genesis, of Holy Scripture, uh, he believed God. Abraham's out in the middle of the Saudi Arabian desert, pretty close to was. He looks up at the scars, and God speaks to him. I don't know how he spoke to him. But he said, hey, I'm going to make you the sand of the sea, the stars. You're going to, there's going to be this many people. His wife's then barren. She has one son. And, you know, the the cross and Jesus is, is mirrored in Abraham's obedience. He takes his son up to the mountain and he's getting ready to kill him and sacrifice him. Think, what is going on? God sends an angel. He stops. And the, the, his, his faith was 
tested by God and he was proved faithful. So the point of that is, is God's, he reveals himself through his scripture primarily now, through the witness of his believers and through circumstances and nature. Okay, so uh, let me just ask you one other question or concept. It has to do with the nature of evil. Right. So ex- explain to me what your understanding is of Satan or the, the counterpoint to God, whatever evil is. Right. How does that work? How does that work? <laughs> Satan is known by other names, but Satan is the deceiver, the liar, uh, and so he is, and the scripture teaches that he was an angel in the presence of God, and he rebelled, and uh, in this world, the territory we're living now, after Adam sinned, you know, ate the forbidden fruit, uh, that got populated through all of people after him. So the idea of Satan is a spiritual entity, and we're taught that there are other. When Satan rebels from God, he, there are other angels or spiritual beings, and. They do not have total power in this world, but they do have power. They do have power and instigate evil or rebellion still against God. Uh, but their, his main, Satan's main success was uh, what the Christian calls his original sin with Adam. That we now have a sinful nature in opposition. We think we're God. Not that God is God. That's the primary sin that we think we're the God of our life. And we're not. So, so Satan is both a being, I think, and uh, the manifestations of evil. I know that you don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway. <laughs> Why does God permit this? Why does God permit, assuming he permits evil, if he's all-powerful, why does he permit evil? And that's where I would be... Physics is physics. And God has his idea of physics. So once sin and evil was introduced, and God cannot... The holy God is three in the Christian, the the Trinity. The Son came and was with us in this evil and lived the perfect life. But the physics of God cannot see and deal with that. He cannot deal with evil. He has dealt with it through Christ, but he can't. God is completely holy. So uh, your, your question of why does he let that happen? Is because he we fell, and he's working. The, God is working the preordained plan 
us Christians believe that that's going to be restored one day. And things are going to be made perfect in this world. The, the, the world as we know it will be restored uh, in the manner that it was when God first created. The, the, the plan that's going to be restored is God's plan. God's correct? plan. Okay. So, yes, God allowed evil, and and he, and in one comfort, comfort to me is in the scripture, uh, my paraphrase quoting of it is, all things work together for good for those that love God. It's in Romans. Uh, so, God has a plan. I'm part of it. That externally, and my testimony is, God used the death of my mother at 13 to transform a type A, want to be a general at all cost, driven to be more like Christ. I'm not there yet, but my relationship with my wife and children and my priorities and what I really considered my mission in life changed. And you know, it's more military guys. Mission is, that's the main thing. So mission, become a general, Kevin. No, it can't be, became be a loving husband, be a better father, shepherd my children into God's kingdom to where they can, you know, live a godly life. From my humble perspective, you've done an amazing job. And, you and, know, and it's not me, it's it's God's grace and it's my wife <laughs> that know, did that. <laughs> you know that uh, you know that I love you and we've yes. been friends for a long time. So <clears throat> can I just ask you to summarize or anything else that you want to say um you know, for the benefit of the folks listening to this, there are people listening to this all over the world. Um, I don't know how many are Christian or how many are not, how many subscribe to other things I talk about or not. But just take a moment to, if you would, please, just to summarize if you want. Well, I'll give a, a scripture. It's in Proverbs. It says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Uh, two, three points there. Is blessed is the one who fears the Lord. Always. In the, those kind of terms, it's, oh, we shouldn't fear our Savior, but fear is awesome respect that God is God and we are not. And it says you're blessed if you realize your, your position in God's creation. And then it says, whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. You know, that hardening the heart, I think, is the, to me, the most sad sin. It is because you have lost your ability to see the awesomeness of God. And I think our human sinful nature and Satan with all his lies can, can can cause cultures, can cause people to have a hardened heart. And Pharaoh was given that when he did 
all the evil things to the children of Israel. But God rescued them. And that's what God wants to do to everyone. And he sent part of his own self here to live down in this muck we call the world, but live a perfect life to rescue us. And I get I get fired up about that. <laughs> so uh, I would like it said about me when uh, I go into the arms of my Savior is Kevin Pilgrim loved the Lord and served him the best he could. And uh, uh, and I love you, Mike Nicholas. <laughs> And you should know that. I know that. Thanks, brother. All right. Thank you. I'll I'll stop it right there. That wraps up things for today. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that. Can you do me a favor, though? Can you hit the subscribe button wherever you download this podcast? That way you'll never miss an episode. You'll be notified whenever I release them, which will be Tuesdays and Thursdays. And even more importantly, if you're able to leave a review for this podcast. I think you can do that on Apple. I don't know about uh, Spotify. Most phones, you just need to scroll down and you'll see the opportunity and where you can do that. But it just helps other people like you find this podcast more easily. Again, I appreciate you listening. You can reach me at uh, MikeNicholas.com or email me, Mike at MikeNicholas.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions or comments that you have. Bye-bye.